Morning, Jarvis. Good morning, Commander. How we doing? The ship's systems have been checked and are okay. Have I got any emails? Yes, two. What's the first email? From Alvin DeFear. Grr woof woof grr. Translating, please wait. Is Thursday's Studio 5 recording completed? What's the second one? From M. Stryker. Sorry Ventura, but I am unable to meet with you this weekend. Something has come up. We'll talk to you next month. Okay, back to the main menu. Uh, can you get the latest edition of the Hot Orbital Radio News Digest? Thanks. Right, play it when you have it. Please wait. Searching. Searching. Found. Loading. Now playing. 3305. A crack trucking unit was sent to a detention centre by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. Right. These truckers promptly escaped from a maximum security cell to the Raxler Underground. Today, still wanted by the Pilots' Federation, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Hutton Orbital Radio Truckers. But don't forget the password. Our mics are live. Good evening, 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 everyone, and welcome to the show, Hot Number Radio News, where we have a packed program for you. I know I put it somewhere sensible when I packed it. Ah, maybe later on someone will remind me where that is. Um, it's a safe place, it's a safe place, and we'll have some fun, um, terms and conditions apply. But meanwhile, it is on with this rubbish, uh, and a new story as well, and all the other things that aren't rubbish, like Flossie and things like that. <clears throat> anyway, we're in the all-too-cosy studio tonight. We have the ever-fragrant Norma Snockers. Good evening. <laughs> the ever-flagrant Harry Balzac. Oh, I can't tell you just how much I'm looking forward to this. The ever-fractious loose snockers? Where am I? This isn't a naughty step. And in a rare treat, we have the voice of Galnet News, the august presence of the man too dignified for a comedy name, but he's not. The ever-forthcoming Commander Witherspoon. I think you did that very well. Good evening. I don't think anyone noticed. <clears throat> anyway, that's... um. That's roll call over. Let's get back into an accent I meant to have. And let's get on with the news. Pushy pussy in premeditated opal purge. Hudson declares state of emergency over bad actors from Hudson. Initiative indicator is donated decal. Refugee Rescue Valley recovers residents. Rebuilding resumes. Atris 5060 explains the AX bump from Refugee Dump. Hackswing talks up another successful week. Waypoint Wayfarers wander westward. Find out what, what, with Hutton Space. And we delve into Norma's 
initiative. First tonight, we have reports coming into this very radio station that the scourge of decades past, the black fat felines indigenous population of Riort, long thought to be extinct, is in fact alive and kicking. Kicking so hard that one commander suffered a loss of epic magnitude. Having adopted Mr. Snuggles, no relation to our very own Snuggles McKeague, as a shipboard mascot, the commander, who wishes to remain anonymous, uh, at least until he's sure that the cat can't find him again, assumed that the four-legged feline was a native Earth cat, or possible one of the Dizune, Dizune black furry felines. Virtually indistinguishable from their very furry friends, the Riortian variety has taken cattishness to extremes and has led to the demise of many a space pilot. There are rumours that their IQ is somewhere over the double ton and in fact the only thing preventing them taking over the galaxy is the lack of opposable thumbs. That and a weakness for the Catnipius Catput Sipa, or common catnip variety of onion head. Mr. Snuggles accompanied this unknown commander on a mining trip and was intended to bring him good luck and on the occasional bit of company in the ice rings of Skull 285 Sector CA-WB 16-7. His hirsute pushy pussy had other ideas though and it was biding its time right up to the point that his commander had loaded 108 tons of void opals, the galaxy's most valuable white elephant. At that point, the fast-acting through rather portly ninja hairball leaped upon the eject all button, which any sensible commander had covered with gaffer tape and a big do not touch button. The ship duly did what was told and released the voids into the void. Lobbing his flight trader's manual at the shipboard assassin along with a stream of rather Anglo-Saxon expletives, he was rewarded with a torn flight suit and deep lacerations to the arms before attempting to launch whatever limpets remained in his mining vessel, which amounted to none. As the cat, now named You Bastard, had waited until just that moment. 59 tons of void opals were recovered via manual scooping, and the cat, after a titanic battle, a can of spray crowd controlled tear gas, a taser, and a large lump hammer was ejected in the last remaining escape pod in a state of deep freeze. The commander set the beacon to hazardous, do not approach, and has set the xenozoologist team at cannon a little note asking them to come and pick the little sod up. Commanders, please be aware that there's a jolly good reason that Alvin chases cats. You never know when you'll cross paths with a snarling pussy and realise that instead of your usual four-legged condescending bastard, you'll be in the presence of one of the fearsome fat black felines of old Riort. Thanks to Mog. The cat hadn't found the canopy eject lever. Oh, and pray you don't ever find the blue slimy frogs. Or indeed the edible poets. President Hudson of the Federation, long-time objector to Alvin, Hutton, and indeed the Mug, has declared a Federation-wide state of emergency, citing bad actors at Hutton Orbital, and claiming that Hutton presents the Federation with clear and present danger, the form of cyber-terrorism. 
The long successful Hutton Helper, now distributed to Hotbox and Hops ship systems, has recently signed up a partnership with the boffins at Canon Interstellar, opening up a data share for the benefit of all commanders in the galaxy and part of the second layer of defence against the incoming Argoid threat. Hudson disagrees, however, and is accusing the truckers of creating vile and insidious software designed to bring about the fall of the Federation and that you never know when Alvin will ask the truckers to take control of all ships and convert their food replicators to produce super tasty and so meaty dog treats. Then we suggest of his usual diet of banoffee pie and deep-eyed Twinkies. It's not clear what declaring a state of emergency entails in the Federation that's not already in place following the Thargoid attacks. But his systems now list Hutton as a FedCon 5 threat and have set their doomsday clocks one more minute closer to midnight. Some say that the loony is one banana short of a bunch. Others that he's off his funking rocker and blasting off to deep space. A number of rather more astute political commentators have suggested that he's using it as a tactic to combat his impotence. Though as we understand, the Russian hookers, plastic sheeting and unsavoury choice of liquid body cleanser usually take care of that for him. Either that, or they're talking about his ectile Commander Interius Fusion and his collaborator, LCU Nofal Like One of Canon Interstellar, have been at pains to remind everyone that there's nothing untoward about the Hutton Helper. The worst it might do is automatically send you a Hutton decal. If you end up as this week's top trucker, more on that later. Commanders wishing to decorate their ships now have a new option, that of taking part in the current Instatella initiative. The Pilots Federation has made a new Bridging the Gap decal, and if you dock one of the two mega ships or at one of the new outposts, a pretty decal featuring a mega ship and some. Uh, research will be made available. A useful device, perhaps, to be able to explain where you've been all this time when you get home. Hutton does as Hutton does. And what Hutton does best is trucking. This week it was live cargo in the form of refugees from the Exigus, which was set on fire the week before by Tharg after he had a tantrum of the toilet roll being the wrong way around on one undercover visit. With a system population of 150,000 souls, excluding military and service personnel, plus that poor sod in the docking control who was cowering under the desk with a pot on his head, Canon Interstellar flagged it up as a site for an experiment in reducing the length of Tharg's incursion. Hutton and our friends at the Tinfoil Brigade of Cannon leaped into action, spearheaded by the Major General, retired, and began to stuff their Hutton luxury liners and cargo cows full to the brim with, with worried refugees and dropped them at a nearby rescue megaship. Commander Bangtion, having shipped away 4,000 of them, switched to his rescue Spiegel very high-risk refugees, two at a time in speedruns, passing the trap at 88 seconds from the embarkation to safe deposit, closely followed by Sox, who was clocked by a tidy ton. At the end of the mission, 
Not only were 150,000 refugees saved, we were so thorough that we managed to take them, their pets, their pot plants, a few thousand cowardly custard federal military types who ditched their uniforms and smeared themselves in shit, claiming to be members of the Alliance, a quantity of mannequins who were posing as commanders and an undisclosed number of inflatable pleasure dolls. Cannon are delighted to announce that by removing anyone who looks like a delicious late night snack for Sarg the Mighty and taking away anyone with an orifice that he could probe for his perverse pleasure, or maybe science, the Thargoid incursion moved on elsewhere and the station can now begin repair operations to bring back online and rehouse the population before the four horsemen of the evacuation arrive. Cholera, starvation, a bad lingering smell, and of course, run running out of lemons for the gin. LCU's final tallies for the evacuation are as follows. 64 brave commanders, an astonishing 14,055 missions, 184,691 grateful passengers, a massive 1.86 billion credits rewards, Good job, truckers. That's one in the eye for Hudson and his state of emergency. Good evening, truckers. Adris5060 reporting in with the latest updates from Canon Research on the war against the Thargoids. It's been another good week for humanity, where anti-Zero pilots from across the bubble managed to lift five incursions, well done, and even saved three of last week's eagle-eye targets from the bugs. Woohoo! More importantly, we have finally found a new non-combat method of lifting an incursion. As many of you know, Hot Vacation was a joint project between Hacks Command and Cannon Research, where one very grumpy travel agent helped coordinate the evacuation of an entire population of Exegus by successfully evacuating all civilians, the incursion was lifted, and repairs to Slackadur's hangout can now begin. The other four systems' incursions were lifted rather quickly by AXI and its allies, with participation from our very own Hackswing, allowing combat pilots the time to defend three of last week's targeted systems. Unfortunately, there was not enough time to defend LDS-883, Engobe and New Kang. We are confident that these incursions can be lifted quickly, and more time can be focused defending the Thargoids' new targets for the week. Speaking of which, Eagle Eye is reporting that the Thargoids will be targeting HIP 13173. You'll need to read that one. Um, you oh, you'll need to read that one too. Pemepatung, uh, ooh, uh, HR 1257, and Kagusuchi. Keep an eye out for orders from Commander Fogo Tuk on where hacks will be engaging the enemy and evacuating civilians from stations. And finally, an operation from op an, an update from Operation Ida. Repairs continue in the bubble, with Dominic Holding being the most recent station repaired. Operation Ida is now focusing on bringing back online Fabian Terminal in Badabazist as an effort to help the Galactic Rangers recover from the extensive damage caused by the Thargoid incursion that took place over several weeks. Keep up the good work, truckers, and if you haven't already, get involved! 
Humanity needs the greatest hauling force in the galaxy, that's you, to help fend off the invaders. Good luck out there, truckers, for the mug! We have a briefing from the Hackswing. Incoming message from Hackscom. Well done, truckers. We continue to play a successful game of Whackatharg and are keeping the caustic critters well contained. Last week, all three incursions were cleared and another three prevented in the infested systems. That means there are only three new incursions to turn back this week. We will begin combat operations in LDS-883. This is an incursion, so look for the AX conflict zones. Also, last week's Operation Hot Vacation proved that Tharg loses interest in systems if the snack tin is empty. So all you evac ship pilots, head over to Smith Reserve and ferry the evacuees to the rescue ship. With that combined effort, we should have the system cleared quickly. Once we do, move combat operations to HR-1257. That is an infestation, so you will be looking for the non-human signal sources. Lower threats, 3 and 4, will be a handful of scouts. Higher threats will be a whole mess of scouts, an interceptor, or both. If you need tips on AX combat, just shout in the Hutton Facebook or Discord, or head over to the Hackswing Facebook group. Okay, truckers, let's mount up, fight hard, ferry money, and defend the mug. And Hackscom transmission. Defend the mug. A small group of commanders are in the midst of an expedition that shows the true camaraderie of the Hutton spirit. Commanders Graham and Kay, Cully, Overlight and Bam were taking part in the Distant Worlds 2 expedition, but upon reaching Beagle Point had a slight setback. Commander Overlight was just returning to his cockpit after what he called some me time, when he fell foul of someone who we can only presume was one of Don Antonacci's dastardly crew of spoilsport pirates that sent his escape pod hurtling back to Explorer's Anchorage. Overlight says he does know who it was, but he's not saying just yet. His flight companions decided not to continue with the expedition, but instead swanned around, twiddling their joysticks, whistling into their remlocks, until Overlight had covered the 20,000 light years again to reach them. As the Distant World 2 bus was one that actually departed on time, our valiant commanders had the waypoint all to themselves and decided to strike out on their own after taking some group photos. They flew to Salome's Reach and are currently attempting to reach Ericsson Star, which is the most westerly point of the galaxy. This is a tricky operation given that the star density is extremely low in that area of the galaxy. To date, only 87 commanders have reached this point. Commander Overlight does say he will be publishing this route in near future for all adventurers. Those that have a whopping jump range, that is. Once they get there, they will, of course, do the sensible thing and cross the entire galaxy to reach the most easterly point, followed by the most southerly point, and then back to Colonia with enough exploration data to expand them back to the bubble. They're mostly visiting stars on the way and looking for rarities like Wolf Rayet stars, anything out of the ordinary. Why are they doing this? The stated reasons were to get Commander Bam's odometer up to one million light years, but also because why not? But here at Hutton News, 
we have gained exclusive access to the real reasons behind this trip. The members of this expedition have been following up on a rumour that relates to the character known as The Lady. They have interpreted some of her ravings and cryptic statements made during her various meetings with Salome. What they believe is that visiting a specific set of stars in a prescribed sequence with a specific number of commanders in a very specific ship configuration will open up further clues from the archives of the Dark Wheel. The four brave and intrepid explorers have apparently decided to test this theory in attempt to 1. Gain absolute proof of the location of the Thargoid homeworld using very accurate location information from the Galcop archives. 2. Locate the so-called gateway to Raxler using the Thargoid homeworld coordinates, plus some other data from the Galcop archives. Those latter items the explorers have declined to share with us at this time, declaring that they want to keep it to themselves until the time is right. All we can say is, good luck commanders from everyone here at Hudden Orbital, you are definitely showing the spirit that is for the mug. Me? No. I told you I'm not doing it. What do you mean you're not doing it? I'm just not. No one listens anyway. Of course they do. Seriously? I mean, look at the data. The truckload of systems over 60%. Everyone stopped boosting Haghole. Everything, everything I said not to do last week is right there in black and white. And blue. And an annoying amount of red. That's not because they don't listen. Sometimes it just doesn't go to plan, that's all. No, honestly, they don't listen and they just wander around doing whatever they want. That squeaky voice buffoon says go there and fight Thargoids. Everyone raises off. LCU wants a station evacuating. Everyone raises off. You mention the chance of getting a mug and everyone falls over themselves. Don't be daft, Lou. Sure, they do other stuff as well, but they need you to tell them what needs doing in our systems. No, that's it. That's all you're getting from me. I'm not even going to tell you where you can check it out for yourself, because I can't do a book voice, and it only sounds right in a book voice. Well, I suppose that's right. Just get Norma on. People listen to her. This week, the CGs are back. Zendi Partners has called for increased deliveries of Guardian commodities in Senyuf EN-HD11-96, the newly established hub for Guardian Human Technological Research. If successful, the CG will unlock the ability to purchase Guardian modules at Prospect and a Guardian tech broker at the Prospect. More details later. Hutton Orbital Radio. If you think death is unpleasant, just wait till you die. Hot Pits Report. Here with all of the latest. Hot Pit Report. But what does it mean? When they see we're expanding, does that mean that we're all getting fat? Where can we sell all our data and not 
Be a dirty truck and fucked up cock and boob loving, useless, incredibly annoying truck and Hot pit report. Here with all the instructions. Hot pit report. It's time for the hot pit report. I wasn't expecting it to be quite that amusing or quite that long. (laughs) (laughs) Said somebody to somebody else. (laughs) Oh, dear. It only goes downhill from here. Okay, so we'll start with Colonia. We have missions and passenger missions in EL Procol Centauri, Doriso and Tia. And we can bounty hunt in EO Procol Centauri or Doriso and hand in at EO Procol Centauri or Tia. So no handing in bounties at Doriso. As always with trade, buy low and sell high. And expiration data, again, EO Procol Centauri and Tia, but do check with King Hanky before you're going to drop any data. There's a special instruction here as well. We need people to work for Jacks in Fort Mug because they're in danger of retreat and that would open it up to a potentially hostile faction. So please work for Jacks as well as us. In the bubble, we genuinely have way too many systems in the red. That 60% that we set is not a target, it's a barrier. So unless there's another faction within 10%, we really don't want to be above 50 So in the following systems, we need to work against HOT, not too much, just missions and things. And in order of their two highness, Van Marnen Star first, LP525-39, WISE 0855-0714, Leuton 145-141, Trepin, and at home in Alpha Centauri. So I did tell you there was a lot, and that's the list. The only other places of note really are Ross 671, where... There's a faction getting a little bit close, so a boost there would be quite nice. And we are struggling to raise Hagholes influence. Uh, missions are a bit rubbish. Passengers are almost all VIP sightseers. So that makes it a bit tricky. But we're truckers, and if we hit it hard, we can do it. So that Haghole, and let's take it over. Brilliant. There we go. That was nice, nice and straightforward. Um, let's... Let's just get the best out of that intro and play it as your outro. Hot Pits Report. Here with all of the latest. Hot Pit Report. But what does it mean? When they see we're expanding, does that mean that we're all getting fat? Probably. Where can we sell all our data and not be a dirty truck and fault up cock and boob loving, useless, incredibly annoying truck and Hot pit report. Here with all the instructions. Hot pit report. It's time for the hot pit reports. Look at Thargoids. Everyone loves McThargoids. There's no other restaurant within a 10 hour flying radius and with no fly through, you absolutely have to park up and get stuck in because frankly, there's nowhere else to go. But while you're here, if meaty and fun in a hut and shaped bun tickles your fancy, then the McDistance Burger is for you. A mature and hard to chew burger layered with so much grated trumble, it's for out. Just like the station and a flavour you won't soon forget. 
We know that a long journey can leave even the most relaxed pilot stressed out, but at McThargoids, we know stressed is dessert spelled backwards. So one at try a Hutton Orbital McWhippy made from equal parts raspberry and chango fish sauce. It's the taste that will chill and thrill. Discovered after all the supplies had run out and delivery drivers couldn't be bothered to make the journey, the McFishberry is now one of the Orbital's favorite desserts. Or maybe you should try our McMutton Orbital. Our lamb patty is possibly one of the freshest meats we offer, and this is due to our unique deal with the supplier. They simply ship a load of lambs to us, and by the time they are here, they are matured and tasty and ready to harvest. So, pop into Hutton McThargoids today! Delivery service has been suspended while we wait for our drivers to return. All ingredients are guaranteed fresh prior to delivery to the station. All meat products come with a waiver. McThargoids. Flavor that stays the distance. Right. Okay. Let's get through this uh, large report we've got sitting here on our desk from the update from our dusty bento balls. Uh, this report comes directly in from Commander Claire Helen. We have about 44 commanders signed up through the registration form so far. And uh, that's a good thing, by the way, just in case you know, we need more people to sign up. If you're going to get in touch and uh, involved, please use the sign-up form. It helps them keep track of it and assign wings. <coughs> anyway, and there are some truckers in there as well now, which is good. There are still pirates... Quite a lot of them, in fact, but we have now achieved the utopia that is true pirate diversity. We have your regular pirates, your part-time pirates, the Robin Hood types who plan on stealing from the rich and so on, pirates by association from watching too many films of Johnny Depp, and as well as the secret pilots we don't actually know are coming yet, but have cleared their dance cards out and oiled their planks. There is a trucker going and it's our job now to get them there alive or at least in as few rebuys as possible. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Checks dictionary for term and stands by definition. What we will be doing now is checking with Alvin what the final plan of explosion is for the day and publicising it soon on Face Twitter. We will be collecting balls from Bento. Flying to collect some dance dust to fill them with and along the way charge them up in the occasional jet cone as well. Bring shields. Several wings entering a jet cone together may be akin to a tumble dryer, but you had me at hello and hell yes I am in this for the craziness. There will be scoopable stars as well as plenty that are not. There will be plenty of anarchy systems so we don't have to worry about getting in trouble with teacher again and can get away with murder. At the end, there is a homage to the Hutton with a longish supercruise for the remaining pirates to sharpen their teeth ready to pull you out at the final moment and have their wicked way with you. Cannon will be putting on fireworks at the end, or possibly Cannon will be basically whichever of the two is not a 1980s calculator manufacturer. I get them kind of confused. We will be needing to get in touch with the wing leaders to feed out the route to them. The route is still secret, partly because... Uh, I'm spring cleaning and off the life of me. I can't remember where I put it. We'll be catching up with the backlog of decal requests in the next day or so. That is the update from Dusty Bento Balls. Get involved. Uh, well, do we have... Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Harry Balzac Drops In. Tonight, I'm not travelling to exotic locations, telling you about the wonders of the galaxy, reviewing restaurants with a three-scoopable star rating or even visiting one of the pleasure palaces of the Outer Rim. 
Apparently, the management at Hutton Orbital Radio seemed to have a different definition of reasonable expenses from mine. So this time I'm sticking close to home. Hutton Orbital. When it came to a choice of subject, I turned to my listeners. My sack has been bulging this week, and a quick rummage revealed a letter from our very own apology officer. The letter was short. It consisted of just the word, Sorry. And a name or rather a job title. My family has always been intrigued by a mystery, and this enigma tickled this Balzac. Today it is my intention to bring to you the story, nay, the epic saga that is the history behind the life of the so-called floor-mopping guy. Who is this mysterious figure? Why does he mop the corridors of Hutton Orbital with such intensity? Why did he always wear that white spandex outfit? I first met Floor Mopping Guy as he and his mop made their way toward the Hutton Orbital radio offices. It was 2pm on a Thursday afternoon local time. The station was busy and Cecil was asleep, processing his lunch. I attempted to interrupt Floor Mopping Guy to ask him a few searching questions. He just glared at me as I introduced myself and his agitation only grew as I pumped him for information. Finally, he reverse-mopped, pirouetted round me, and was gone like a cat. A floor-mopping cat. As he swished his way industriously across the studio, I heard... He moved towards the crew with intense sweeping motions. Sorry... Why? He's going to be in here for bloody hours now and I have to get to that coffee festival on the parade before it closes and they pack up all the freebies. The presenters let out a selection of sighs, exclamations and swear words as they lifted their feet in unison. You won't get anything from him anyway. He was here before any of us and I've never heard him say a word. Maybe Van Tion will know more. I found Commander Vantien in his office, sorting his gin collection into alphabetical order. He's been here forever. Why do you think this place is always so spotless? It really should be a lot grottier than it is. And that's down to floor mopping guy. Doesn't even work here. Well, as far as I know, anyway. Does he ever rest? Well, the security bog spaniels have to find him and herd him towards the police station. Usually when he gets there, someone shoots him with a dart. Then they use a big butterfly net to restrain him until the sedative takes effect. While he's out, they feed him through a tube and clean him up. As soon as he's awake, he's off again, though. I decided to follow the man himself. I caught up with him at the hotbox offices on the lower rotunda. Commanders scattered before him like commuters at an unannounced ticket check. Their eyes wide and their movements frantic. Those who ended up behind him fell to the floor, screaming in anguish and clawing at their eyes. The rapid side-to-side shifting of his butt cheeks in skin-tight white spandex was just too traumatic for them. The traumatised were left where they fell. There was seemingly no help for them at that point. Doors were locked and blinds drawn. Commander Rampage hammered on an office door, pleading to be let in. Guys... This isn't funny. Let me in. He's here. Come on. Let me in. Come on, please. 
Someone relented and he was dragged inside. Floor mopping guy rounded a corner and the horror was over, just as swiftly as it began. Commanders emerged cautiously to recover their comrades, and the recovery operation began. As we approached Hutton's infamous cubicle three, a change came over our friend. He slowed and mopped with reluctance. He didn't want to go there, and his swish-swooshing spoke volumes. Right then, something astonishing happened. The mopping stopped, and he became just a guy. A guy standing in front of a small bronze plaque on the wall. From somewhere, I don't want to know where, he produced a cloth, spat on it, and wiped the plaque clean from the accumulated grime of station life. A single tear rolled down his chin and dropped to the floor with a soft splash. His head snapped down to the tiny tear puddle and his arms flicked into action again. The tear was gone and he was floor-mopping guy once again. I've passed this plaque a hundred times. Maybe a thousand. I don't have the best diet. But I've never stopped. But this time, I stepped forward and read the inscription for the first time. In memory of the victims of 9th March 3299. The day when the cubicle three storage tanks ruptured. A day which the people of Hutton Orbital will long remember as Brown Sunday. I gulped audibly. I had heard stories about Brown Sunday. As horrible as it was, I knew that this was significant. I got to a terminal and started going through old Gownet articles. The answers came fast and soon a familiar face stared out at me from one of the articles. As it turns out, Floor Mopping Guy was the on-duty Cubicle 3 attendant on that fateful day. When disaster struck, he was caught in the direct path of the tidal wave of jobbies, or Poonami if you will. He was saved only by jamming his mop Charlene across the cubicle three door and hanging on for dear life. If you're ever in there, take a moment to look up from your gown at printout and examine the inside of the doorframe. The dents are still there. After the cascade of crap had ended, our hero, because he is a hero, stayed on for the cleanup operation working tirelessly to clear the corridors and install industrial-strength magic tree air fresheners everywhere. Over time, his actions became more obsessive and manic. He ditched his standard-issue uniform for the white spandex so he could move with less friction and spot the dirt more quickly. In the old days, he still talked and would mutter about the place being filthy. He often spoke, murmuring, wondering how could he ever get Hutton clean after the incident. But as the years went by, he no longer had time for idle chit-chat. I never did get my interview. I didn't find out his side of the story, and he's still mopping. And maybe that's for the best. Experiences like that can scar a creature, and being asked to relive them 
can bring back nightmares and sensory flashbacks. So next time you see Floor Mopping Guy, just take a moment. Even if your need for Cubicle 3 can be described as pretty bloody urgent, and give him a respectful nod. He's earned it. And who knows, he may reward you with a pirouette from him and Charlene. That's it for this special edition of Harry Balzac Drops In. The subject for our next edition has yet to be decided. But if my expenses claims aren't met, it'll be Harry Balzac stays in. Time to take another look at how all the pilots out there view each other. I look down on the competent pilot because I am an elite pilot and I never use any form of help when flying. I look up to the elite pilot, but I look down at the harmless pilot because I am a competent pilot. I sometimes use help when flying. I know my place. I look up to the competent pilot, but not as much as I look up to the elite pilot. I am a harmless pilot. I look down on the competent pilot because I always exit a jump at full throttle and start scooping immediately to save time. I look up to the elite pilot because I wish I had that kind of nerve, but I look down on the harmless pilot because I throttle down to zero as soon as the Corva says four in the countdown. I know my place. I look up to them both, but I use hyperspace defrottle because I'm still learning. And suns are so pretty that I can forget the throttle back by myself. We all know our place, but what do we get out of it? I get a sense of inferiority from both of them, but I don't need to worry about exploding if the front doorbell rings. I get a sense of superiority of the harmless pilot, but a sense of inferiority from the elite pilot. I get a lot of heat damage. Well, I'm sure... On the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier and your gas tank really really big what do you want i want fish wait what that's right fish carp char chub jack loach crabby monkeybait prickleback soul snook snake tang wahoo wabagum banjo banga snook soul shad scat Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw. Huma, huma, nuka, nuka, wapa, wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble what on earth can we do when your faction leader's a dog and your daily tasks are a slog you're feeling like a youth cog what on earth can we do now interstellar in 
Initiatives, let Flossie tell you what it is, then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Interstellar Initiatives, Flossie tells us what she thinks it is, then you can get involved with this. Now you should listen to what Flossie says. Listen to what Flossie says. What on earth can we do? Do what Flossie tells you to. What if she talks nonsense? Interstellar initiatives. Let Flossie tell you what it is. Then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Now we... Flossie said, we can put this matter to bed, just keep a voice in your head, Flossie told you what to do. Goodness me, I wasn't expecting that, what a long introduction. (laughs) Right, uh, Flossie here with this week's Interstellar Initiatives, which incorporates community goals, news. Sandy Partners requests Guardian Commodities. Sandy Partners has called for increased deliveries of Guardian Commodities in Sydney EN-H D11-96, the newly established hub for Guardian Human Technological Research. CEO Freya Tain made the following announcement. My company has established a scientific research post outpost in Guardian Space named The Prospect, which also serves as the termination point for a megaship transport service from the Zendi system. The next step is to procure a license that will allow a technology broker to trade from the prospect. In preparation for this, we invite the galactic community to collect Guardian commodities from nearby ancient ruins and bring them to the outpost. This will allow us to provide a stock of existing Guardian human technology, while also stimulating further studies into this extinct civilization. Deliveries should be made to the prospect in the sign of ENHD1196 system. <coughs> the appeal began today, 16th of May, and will run for one week. If the maximum requested total is achieved earlier than planned, Zendi Partners will end the campaign immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering Guardian Commodities to the prospect in the new ENHD1196 system. If the community goal is successful, Commanders will unlock the ability to purchase Guardian modules at the prospect. You will still need to have previously unlocked the modules via tech brokers and a Guardian tech broker at the prospect. There's also a decal which only needs you to dock aboard one of the megaships or at the prospect to qualify. And that's this week's Interstellar Initiatives. Thank you, Flossie. Oh, aren't we going to get the whole version again? (sighs) When the (laughs) universe is in trouble Bug infestations in the bubble You're Home stations burned rubble. What on earth can we do when your faction leader's a dog and your daily tasks are a slog? You're feeling like a youth cog. 
what on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives, let Flossie tell you what it is, then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie says. Interstellar initiatives, Flossie tells us what she thinks it is, then you can get involved with this. Now you should. Listen to what Flossie says. Listen to what Flossie says. What on earth can we do? Do what Flossie tells you to. What if she talks nonsense? Interstellar initiatives. Let Flossie tell you what it is. Then you can get involved with this. You should. Listen to what Flossie said Now we heard what Flossie said We can put this matter to bed Just keep a voice in your head Flossie told you what to do Thanks for the warning. But I can read. Space, these guys are going to gank me. Incoming communication. Open a channel. Feeble pilots, you will surrender your craft to us or face destruction. Well, I could, but there's at least one thing my craft does better than yours. Oh yeah? What's that? Break. Now I've got you. One down, one to go. Alert. Escape pod alarm. A commander requires rescue. Somebody else's problem. Incoming communication. Go on then. Keep them coming. That was my brother, you son of a spacer. And his bounty will be very useful. Look, there's two ways this can go. So how about we call a truce so I can pick up his pod? Um, how about no? Alert. Escape pod alarm. A commander requires rescue. Yeah, yeah. They keep each other company until some other sucker comes through. One more bounty in the bank. Good. Updating Elite Federation of Pilots record. Your combat rating has increased to below average. <laughs> well, don't let my official record fool you. Congratulations. Commander Thane. Find out more information about Escape Velocity at laveradio.com or slash escape velocity. You can back Chris in his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop. News Digest, 16th of May 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Mega Jump Mishap creates competence questions. Galaxy and Meltdown as cheat module exposed. Seven weeks missing. More gripping goings on. Mega Jump Mishap creates competence questions. 
Segnan Exchange has claimed that the late running of the inaugural Megabus service to the Guardian Ruins demonstrates that Zendi partners are incapable of running the service properly, and they've offered to step in to take over. Thursday the 16th of May should have been a big day for Zendi, with the conduit setting off for the first time on its weekly rural bus route timetable to help commanders uncover the secrets of the Guardians and to lure a Guardian technologist to come to live in the system. But there was egg on the Zendi partners' faces when the time for departure came and went and the megaship stayed resolutely immobile. Commanders waking up aboard were shocked and confused to find they hadn't moved. The company issued a somewhat lame excuse that the driver had got stuck in the lift on his way to the bridge. But did that really happen to drivers of both ships at the same time? Cedric Stone of rival organisation Segnan Exchange has been spreading rumours that Zendi partners are already in financial trouble and didn't have the money to pay for the Jamponium, and has said that if Zendi partners are unable to fulfil their commitments, they should stand aside and let a more capable outfit run the transports. The megaships finally made their jumps one hour late, which is good, because it entitles all passengers to a 50% rebate on their fares. Galaxy in Meltdown as Cheat Module Exposed There's been an outcry this week following revelations that some commanders have a special module fitted that allows them to reconfigure the colour of their ship's heads-up display. Cheating commanders have been able to configure pretty pink or soothing cyan schemes, while honest commanders have to make do with boring old orange. But it's even worse than that. There are rumours that the module can make far more serious changes, including making your hollow me look vaguely like you want it. The Pilots' Federation has made it quite clear that any commanders caught cheating will suffer the most severe consequences imaginable a three-day shadow ban, and a sternly worded email. Seven weeks missing. 67 commanders joined the first great planetary expedition, but figures obtained by Galnet Digest reveal that after nearly seven weeks, only 15 of them have arrived at the finish line. Commander Alec Turner, who organised the expedition to drive round the planet Kume in a fleet of SRVs, is among the missing. His philosophy is that if a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing in the slowest, most complicated and difficult way possible, and it seems likely that he's chosen to circumnavigate the planet in a zigzag pattern. The 15 successful commanders are easy to find. They've been stinking out the bars in Bridger Town and leaving little trails of sand wherever they go. Their skin has been sunburned to a wrinkly crisp texture, except for a startlingly pale circle around each eye, where their goggles went. Concerns are growing for the many missing commanders amid fears that they may have become trapped in narrow canyons, have sunk into the shifting sands of a remote desert, or have lost their way and be driving round and round in lots of very small circles, instead of one very big one. In his last communication, before the current radio silence, Commander Turner said that he thinks of the members of the first great planetary expedition as family. The sort of family, presumably, that you lose touch with. More gripping goings on. 
In a thrilling follow-up to the ongoing mystery of the missing Diamondback Explorer, staff at Fort Dixon in Vega reported this week that two tonnes of hydrogen fuel have gone missing from the station's inventory. Staff reportedly ran two stock checks, and on each occasion the hydrogen was still missing. Then they remembered that they'd used the canisters to prop up the leg of a wonky table, and it all turned out to be a silly mistake. Perhaps someone should check whether the missing Diamondback Explorer has been parked round the back of the station. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons. Plus me daughters at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> now you're a trucker. All you gotta do is truck that truck. When you're a hunting trucker, if you can't turn a profit, then you're out of love. For the model that we fly all over the space Point to two lights crossed at a hell of a base Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker Howdy there, truckers. This old buck naked spokesman for Lacon Spaceways, back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as being reincarnated as Moof's Lou. Let that one sink in. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, jumping around like them bullfrogs down by the creek, Commander Short Engineer 78 took the lead with almost 75,500 light years jumped. Is everyone trying to see all the Milky Way before the Big Bang reverses itself? What's going on here? Tearing up the Don's dastardly desperados this week is Commander Cyberboff, <laughs> Cyber B O F H, with 80,000, or sorry, 80.2 million credits earned and accounted for. 
Keep them popping like zits, Commander. We gotta keep that Don Antonacci down. Our top mission trucker this week is the Sergeant Major General Lieutenant we all know and love, Commander Noctavegas, with 722 mission points earned. Way to go, Hoss. That's some impressive work right there. Hauling cargo like a hunting trucker oughta, Commander Manu Verkel transported and sold just about 40,500 tons this week. Well, it ain't last week's numbers, but you're first place this week, Commander. Way to go. Driving the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, our Sergeant Major General Lieutenant <laughs> Commander Nocti hauled 18,452 passengers around the galaxy and got his name mentioned twice here. Know what that means? Well, <laughs> I don't know either. But we got ourselves a new challenge here set forth by Commander FTM Mustang. It's open season on Thargoids, and you don't even need a license or tags for it. So, if you're into fumigating a few bugs, fire up that ship and get to Thargoid hunting. First one to 10,000 kills is the winner, and I seen the prize. It's worth fighting for. Our top Thargoid killer this past week is that very same Commander FTM Mustang with 514 Thargoids dismembered. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is still held by Commander Lithobreaker in 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 9 seconds. And our fastest run so far in this month of May was done by Commander Malice XR3 in 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 56 seconds. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways. The only ships in the galaxy will come with a book of jokes about outer space that you can read on your way to Hutton Orbital. Speaking of which, what is a commander's favorite chocolate? A Mars bar. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Two. Dignified for a too dignified is a man. He's the presence of a man. Too dignified for a comedy name, but he's not too dignified for a screwed up intro. The ever forthcoming Commander with a spoon. First tonight, we have reports coming into this very radio station that the scourge of decades past, the black fat felines indigenous population of Riort, log throughout. Log throughout? Lo uh, <clears throat> the indigenous population of Riort. Wayfarer, waypoint, wayf. <laughs> Should we just give up for tonight? Waypoint, wayfarers, wander westward. <coughs> Who is NS? Is it meant to be LS? 
Initiative indicator Wait. is donated decal. <laughs> I did it. Oh, we didn't. didn't. We didn't heave. George, hold on. Right, let's try this one again. Ready? Are you ready, Flossie? Now, normally we would say that it'll be all right in the edit, but frankly, I think that's beyond us. Uh, <laughs> just get my teeth in. <clears throat> Find out what's wrong. No. Find out what what with Hutton Space. We need people to work for Jacks in Fort Smog. Fort Mug, because. I dropped the controller. I've got to try and work it with my buttons. <laughs>